0: Hey, this is the black feminist podcast with your hosts Raquel and Rachel a safe space to push the boundaries of our own feminism Today on the black feminist podcast. We are talking about feminism the way that it is good bad and ugly, but also the ways that it's changed our lives I know for me, feminism has completely changed the trajectory of my life. I know a lot of people don't like it or feel it's very exclusionary, which I would also agree, feminism at its root is very exclusionary. However, I would definitely say its impact on me, it's probably the greatest thing I've ever given or gotten. Ever since I was a child, You know, coming from a Caribbean background, it's very easy to get thrown in to the rats of the patriarchy and vying to be the top of the capitalist market. Right. However, I knew from the beginning that the life that I saw everyone else living wasn't the life that was set for me. And I think that's fine. Because that's what feminism is. It's it's something that allows people to make a different choice, pick a different pathway than the one that's been laid out in front of us. Right. And this is also incredibly important for other black women out there just like me, who may not want to be a housewife or who does want to be a housewife and would like to do so without having to be antagonized or have to deal with a lot of the violence that can be found in the home you know feminism is made to protect everybody and that's what i see that is wrong with feminism nowadays Feminism nowadays isn't inclusive enough, and that is why I make this podcast, to remind black women every day that feminism isn't just for white women or everyone else who gets to use feminism without having to be harassed like when black women choose to be feminist when black women choose to join this movement and prioritize their rights when black women get up and decide that they want to have access to safe affordable or free abortions and abortion is not the only topic that we as black women care about you know there's a billion other things that we still need to fight for. I watched a TikTok the other day of this man speaking about once a woman gets pregnant, she loses all her value, which is what we all know. You know, we know that. And people try to pretend that that isn't the truth that In society, you know, obviously we're not losing any value. Matter of fact, we're gaining value now that we have the experience of having pushed a child out of our womb, you know, having carried a child for nine months. It just adds to our experience, our experience that men, males can really go through. And this is what creates our experience as black women and not just as black women, as all women, you know, and it's not just having a child. It's every experience that a man cannot identify with, that a man cannot vote on in Congress. That is the antithesis of being a woman is having had to fight for every single right that we have, especially being a black woman. And that. And that is why I have this space. That is why we're here talking about black feminism. That is why we're highlighting black women and black people at the core of the movement of feminism in this space. All right, so let's get started. Today we're talking about feminism. Uh, Rach, do you happen to have I don't know, a good definition for feminism? Something to kind of start everyone off with? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so
1: feminism in in its formal definition is essentially known as the social, political, and um, economic equality of the sexes. Um, but when you there is a lot of ambiguity in feminism depending on who you ask so if you were to ask a man for example what their definition of feminism is versus someone else you would get you know different definitions and a lot of it will also entail the person's personal connection to what feminism is and how they perceive feminism if they perceive it in a way that is something that's positive or in a way that's something that's negative so there is a lot of ambiguity in the you know formal definition I would
0: say so yeah yeah um for me I only go off of intersectionality um all forms of feminism that came before intersectional feminism probably isn't for me or a type of feminism that I can even really defend. Um, Intersectionality is feminism for everybody, right? Not just feminism for white women, not just feminism for black women, right? Intersectionality means We take a look at everyone's identity. You know, we take a look at gender, sex, class, sexuality, race, everything. You know, we take a look at it all. Um, This is why I look at feminism the way I do. A lot of people aren't going to like feminism if they only look at the first wave of feminism that was created by white women only for white women, you know, intersectional feminism. It includes black women. It includes the LGBTQ, especially the rights of trans folk. You know, we want to include everyone from here on out. That's why I only believe in intersectionality. And when I speak about it only intersectionality am I referring to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the only in my opinion in my view the only logical way to look at feminism because not all ex- not all of our experiences as women are the same mm-hmm. when you take into consideration all these um these differences mm-hmm. that make us different oh, yeah. in terms of race age you mm-hmm. know sexuality all of these things so That's the only way to look at it. And I think that the goal is for everyone to be able to perceive feminism in a way that they can relate to and that they can identify Mm. with, you know, because it's not it shouldn't be so exclusionary to the point where we have this polarization of people who Mm -hmm. look at feminism in a way that is negative because it's something that should be able to benefit everyone.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Right on the dot with that one, Rach. Um, I was actually watching a Jubilee video today that I'm super excited to talk about. Um, it got me pretty uh, upset, um, even though it was Jubilee and Jubilee is supposed to be like a progressive channel. Mm-hmm. They were talking about it was kind. It was a spectrum. Do all feminists think the same? And this was possibly definitely the only time I've ever thought they created an episode that was poorly constructed. Mm -hmm. There were for sure three women identified people on that episode. The black woman was against trans rights. And the other woman on there also had the same point of view because this is intersectional feminism we're talking about, it's important for me to explain why I got very upset, mm-hmm. right? The other woman on there. Matter of fact, it was six people, three um, cis women, woman. Uh, I believe the other one were male identified. And um, one was a trans person. Um, one black woman. One white woman, one Spanish woman, two men, one trans person. Very diverse, right? This had the potential to be a very, very good conversation. Mm-hmm. All three of those women were the most conservative feminists I've ever met or okay. seen. I was I was very... Uh, it just made me... I don't know. It's... It's just the hypocrisy of it all, right? We have two minorities um, and one white woman. Why are why is every why are all the women agreeing with this conservative white woman who also is pro life, not pro choice, and thinks pro choice is inherently anti-feminist because if you believe in abortion and support abortion, right, knowing that abortions are given to a majority of women of color, she thinks we shouldn't support um, abortion, you know, and granted, if you look at the people who are getting abortions and you don't add any context to it, right, you you can say the government's targeting minority people to have abortions, right? But if you look at the whole picture, which intersectionality encourages all to, tells us to look at class, you know, tells us to look at how much money these women are making, you know, what financial situation are these women in when they decide not to have a child? You know, if we look at the country we live in, You know, we can look at how they treat Latin and black people in this country, right? We can just look at all the other reasons why someone may need an abortion. And you know who on that entire stage of all people should have looked at that? It was that black woman. And the thing is, I hate, I hate having to hold black women to a higher standard than I hold all the other people on that stage, right? but that white trans woman doesn't have that direct access into knowing what poverty is like or what it's like to not have enough money and a system behind you that isn't there to support you or give you what you need to have the child granted you want to have that child you cannot have that child you do not have enough money you do not have the right environment to raise a child there's too many external issues and pressures and things that you can't push aside so you can give the child the love and attention it needs and woman of color minority woman of color we know this right mm-hmm. so to have both of them up there co-signing that white woman it was disgusting and to see Jubilee push out a video like that right where those men were the most progressive people on that stage and the transgender person was the most progressive person on that stage why is that that doesn't represent like what's really going on it's like mm, it's just not real you know and it's not true and most black women don't share the same point of views that she did You know, and most of the men in the world don't share the same point of views that those men did. But why are they getting the media attention? Why is it next time I get in an argument with an incel, he's gonna whip out this video and be like, look, more men are feminists and uphold better feminist values than actual women? You know, these are the things that make me so mad. You know, before I continue, do you? Do you want to come in on this? Because I have more to say about this video that I watch.
1: Um, I mean, I agree. I didn't personally watch the video. But I think you really painted a clear picture as to what was going on and as to the dynamic of the entirety of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I agree that that shouldn't have been the representation of what feminism is. That's simply just a part, a simple sector of what feminism is. And you can see that this section, right, completely just Mm -hmm. denatures Mm -hmm. the inclusive it completely just denatures the inclusivity that a lot of us are trying to create when it comes to feminism yeah you know because this is now a representation of who feminists are yeah exactly
0: and that's not true and that's not i don't i don't think any of them were feminists you know they got on this episode and none of them uphold any feminist values at all at all i should have been up there you should have been up there anyone else in the world should have been up there but i swear i watched this like i'm very glad you know she brought up the fact that like feminism hasn't been inclusive or nearly inclusive enough right i'm very i'm very glad she did that the thing is Like as a black woman, yes, you brought that up and you put that in the face of like everyone else and no one else was speaking about how exclusionary it was for black women. But why is it then? okay, not even two minutes later, you have a trans woman explain to you why she needs feminism. And that was the fundamental issue. I noticed one in the video, but in all of their feminism. Why is it your feminism doesn't have empathy for other people? Where is where is the where is proceeding with caution? Right. Understanding you don't know everything. Understanding you probably don't know the entirety of someone else's struggle. You know, understanding that while You and I may not be the same. We may not go through the same things. Our bodies may not function the exact same. You need my help because no one else is going to help you. You know, where is that one person that looks at that person that's oppressed, right? That person that's oppressed and they don't have a platform. You know, their oppression isn't given any light. Right. Where's that one person that says, while your feelings aren't being acknowledged and your words aren't being heard. I'm going to hear you and I'm going to have empathy and I will give you the compassion and understanding that you're asking for. Compassion and understanding costs zero dollars. Why are you making people fight so hard for it? Why can't we just be understanding?
1: Um, I think one thing about being a feminist is your your innate desire to challenge the world around you challenge yourself challenge how you view the world around you and challenge your feminism which is we mentioned earlier in our um, introduction you know we are pushing the boundaries of our own feminism so it's interesting that that woman on the jubilee video mentions the um, fact that feminism hasn't been very inclusive she mentions that but it's interesting that she didn't allow give herself that opportunity to challenge her feminism and ask herself what am I including when I look at my feminism who is it that I'm including what about them am I including in my feminism and then she could have then realized the the difference defects in the way that she perceives feminism and how she views the world Mm -hmm. around her so I think this is another important thing to note is that we always always have to challenge our mind frame about things, challenge our feminism, you know this is an opportunity for us to not only share what we know but to learn, this is an opportunity for me to learn, for Raquel to learn for Raquel to teach for me to teach, this this is why it's so important you know and this is why we want to do this to ch- so that everybody can challenge their own feminism because everybody has a
0: feminism hmm I want I I genuinely want to stop the wheel of oppression in this country um, I don't think people see it that way I don't think people see it as kind of like a revolving door of just pain and lack of empathy in the Western world, um, even from when white people came here on the Mayflower, you know, trying to, you know, break free of like the the British rule and no freedom for religion or whatever they said they were running from and brought here, right. you know? Yeah. Like you're running from oppression only to come to take from someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that circle of I need so badly. I have to take from you, you know, femininity isn't running low. You can't share with trans people. Absolutely. You really you really had to get on a Jubilee platform. You know, in the face of like the world and deny a trans woman her access to feminism. Absolutely. Yeah. She so, stopped her at the door. Should have stopped her at the door. How did she, how did any of those women get on that platform? And that's the thing, right? Any of them would have been canceled had it been a white person to a black person or had it been a man to a woman. Like, where is the light Shining on trans issues, like where at what point do we actually like try to help you know someone else? Mm-hmm. You know, thinking that. The best way to secure your rights are to deny someone of theirs, to think you'll ever be more of a woman by denying people the right to be a woman also. I watched as they all got together and had the trans person, in a sense, vow that they are not trying to infringe on their femininity, which to me was just wow, because I just watched her explain exclusionary and in feminism to a white woman. But here you need a trans woman to explain that same thing back to you. And granted you're allowed to make mistakes and you know, all forgiveness to her. Like, let's say if she got off the show, it premiered today, so let's say, you know, she read some of the comments and learned. You know, everyone deserves the right to, like, be a better person and have the chance for redemption. Like, okay. I believe in cancel culture, but, you know, I don't, I don't believe, like, people should be permanently canceled, especially over something Absolutely. Um, that can be changed, you know, like Absolutely. ideologies. Absolutely. Your words can't, but your ideology canon that's all we ever ask. Right. Yeah. So next thing I wanted to speak about is the, the thing that so many black women don't understand is, uh, matter of fact, all feminists don't really understand is that at the core of feminism, and I spoke about this earlier, was is that it's always been exclusionary, right? And that's why I'm creating this platform is to kind of get the message out there more that... Feminism is like a system, right, of capitalism or racism or it's just a system of oppression, except it's made for liberation. Right. Just like all other systems. The only thing is we need to take the oppression part out of it. And that mm-hmm. that's what I've changed about my feminism. And that's why I understand why a lot of people don't respect feminists is because they still oppress. The thing is, we all need to know that we need to step away from the Western um aspect of everything everything okay I mean we need to stop trying to dictate how people live their lives and that's what we're going to talk about here we're going to talk about how no one can tell us how to live our lives. We're going to talk about the choices we choose to make, even though it makes other people upset. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about it all. We're about to get in to the nitty gritty. Exactly. So welcome to a podcast about black feminism, progressively. With black feminists. OK. And when I say intersectional feminism, when I speak about black feminism, that's what I'm talking. I'm talking Kimberly Crenshaw, Ida B. Wells, Bell Hooks, a combination of just getting Back To our roots Pre-colonization On this podcast We are unlearning Relearning Looking at the truth Looking at the reality Of what's going on In the world We are talking Dynamics We are talking mm-hmm. about The boys Making podcasts And why are they Doing that You know We're talking about The why We're talking about The systems So Let's get A little Personal Let's let The people know You know, we talked about what feminism is, what it means, Mm -hmm. but what does feminism mean to us? And Uh, I've hinted at it a little bit so far, but like for me, feminism is everything. You know, feminism is why I live in this apartment. Feminism is why I drive the car that I do. I work the job that I do. I'm able to make a podcast and have a voice and let the world know what I think. Feminism is why, like, I even have an opportunity to represent, like, a good amount of Black women, you know? Um, a lot of people say, like, Black women never needed feminism, and maybe that's true for, like, a lot of other people, but not me. I I need feminism, and I needed it a lot growing up. Coming from a Caribbean background, I think, um, on one side of the family a lot of people oftentimes had very conservative point of views. Um, Thankfully my mom didn't. Thankfully my mom is a very amazing and you know independent woman. Uh, She's a woman who taught me what to look for in men gradually through life. Uh, She also taught me to never depend on a man for something and That alone is very important to me now um, as like I'm older and I'm dating and I'm starting to see a lot of, I don't know, a lot more dynamics that just involve me being a woman, you know, and just involve like gender, you know, not so much how I identify because I feel like With me, you, and whenever we hang out with people, gender doesn't really, like, factor in when we hang out with other people, you know? We talk about, like, real stuff. We don't... We're not just walking around identifying solely through our gender, you know? And that's because we've been able to separate ourselves from it Mm -hmm. you know we don't well I mean I I know I talk about stuff like kids but like you don't you know and you're probably one of those people that I don't know like you as a person you're just so secure in just everything beyond like having to just identify being a woman, right? Like you, like you do things that are much beyond your gender. You watch TV, you do things like play instruments or sing songs that are not solely for your gender. Whereas me, I identify um, heavily being a black woman, you know, and feminism kind of just allowed me to be a black woman without having to deal with people tell me oh you're too strong you're too independent you're too this you're too that and all of that's like not true I'm not too anything I'm actually just a little bit of each um, mm-hmm. I like to depend on a lot of other people mostly because this is how um, capitalism works at its finest and I believe in social capitalism and I come to other people to talk about my emotions and my feelings and just things like that mm-hmm. so feminism kind of helped me unpack a lot of like the things that were set forth for me as a black woman uh, feminism allowed me to kind of explore different parts of like being a woman and womanhood and how I want to do that you know feminism it gave me a different path than having to be a housewife you know It taught me about the risks of being a housewife. It taught me about the risks of not being a housewife. Everything gave me, like, everything I have. So, growing up, I didn't really have, like, any, like, feminists in my house, um, which shouldn't be taken as a surprise, uh, like I've said. Caribbean household. Um, However... As growing up, I was, I am a girl, right? Growing up in this family, there's so many experiences that I had just didn't quite make a lot of sense. Anywhere from having to, oh, close your legs, people are around. Mm -hmm. I'm seven. This is how seven-year-olds sit. You know, this is what we do. We relax. 24/7, yeah, leg up somewhere. <laughs> uh, not wearing any shorts, so just we're underwear. Off our Sunday shoes. Yeah. Why can't I wear my dress and my sneakers and kick up my feet and relax? Oh yeah, because of men. Mm. That's like the moment when they start teaching you to start accommodating for men's presence, and I peeped that yeah. immediately. I was like, first off. I don't quite understand why I'd have to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, my mom raised, you know, a very stubborn daughter who didn't take orders from anyone who essentially wasn't going to beat me. Mm-hmm. You know, if you weren't laying down a and you ain't telling me what to do, yeah. you know. And everyone hated that. I was very disobedient, um, very, I don't know, People probably said rude. I don't know. It doesn't quite matter to me because I felt like I was fine. But even moments like that, those were moments that... I would throw down about, you know, everything. I thought about everything growing up, and I'm so proud of myself for doing that mm-hmm. because it taught me not only to just challenge like the status quo, right? I wasn't reading books back then. I wasn't being indoctrinated into anything. The only thing they were trying to get me into was church, and I wasn't listening to them either because they weren't telling me what I was trying to hear. I need someone to tell me over it's okay. Yeah, you can do that. That's fine. That's what I'm trying here. I need people to tell me that what I'm doing already is fine, because mm-hmm. what I'm doing already is who I am. Yeah, you know, I'm that person who feels like they can just put their feet up and not have to wear yeah. like shorts underneath their dress, because it's like if they if I had to wear a short underneath the dress, it would have been made with a shorts underneath the dress. Yeah. But like, why can't I do
1: something because I want to do it? Exactly. Or don't. Why can't I not do something because I don't want to do
0: it? Exactly. Yeah. And if That's you true. kind of just look at, like, all of the systems of the world, like, growing up, they're just trying to get you ready for the world, they say, mm-hmm. you know? So, therefore, our parents are now indoctrinating us into these, like, systems and cultures that they know nothing about because their parents didn't tell them why, you know? We all asked our parents just why, 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 why? Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do this? Like, why? Mm-hmm. And they could never tell us, you yeah. know? And that's, like, the difference between what's going on right now because as we've gotten older, right? And, like, granted, that's the only example I gave about, like, feminism and f- even from my young age. And it might seem very small to some people, It'll probably seem small to people who aren't feminists. Anyone who is a feminist, they understand the microcosm of that example I gave. Right. They understand the removal of my voice. They understand the oppression of my actions and they understand why they understand that. Our family and our parents who told their daughters to cover up or close their legs or do this and that, they're protecting the pedophiles in the room. They're not protecting their daughters. And in that moment is when I understand why feminism was created. Feminism wasn't just created because white women wanted it to be created and they wanted the right to do this or the right to do that. No. Feminism was created, like, to flash a light and to shine a light on what's going on, you know? Feminism was bred out of necessity, and that is why I cannot understand when people say, Black women don't need feminism. You guys were working before a white woman got the right to work. I'm not Fighting for the right to work. Yeah. I'm fighting for the right to have economic freedom. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting for the right to be able to leave a man. Yeah. You know, I'm fighting the, for the right to be a person and have choice. Absolutely. And why are we still in 2022 fighting for choice? That little girl who wanted to just kick her feet up, she was fighting for the right to just be a little girl. Yeah. You know, and how old in these cultures are we starting to teach little girls not to be little girls anymore? How young are these women now in all these other cultures that we can't see? How how quickly are they being taught how to be a woman? You know, and the thing is, like as like through feminism, they're not being taught that quick anymore. You know, they're kind of being allowed to just blossom and just Delay having to be a woman in society further and Mm -hmm. further and further. I love that. I love seeing little girls play outside. Mm -hmm. You know, I love seeing that awkward black girl, you know, before the world got a chance to tell them, hey, like, you can't be an awkward black girl. You have to be a lady. You have to be a black woman. No, be you. That's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for the right to be ourselves as feminism, feminists. And that's what feminism gave to me. It gave me the right to be myself. I don't know. You could probably even agree, Rach. I can probably not be like the most fun person at times. I can probably I always just go off into random rants about feminism, equality. I tie everything back. But that is who I am, Mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes I'm fun. Sometimes I'm serious. And to some people who hate having, like, serious conversations, they're going to hate me. But the thing is, what I love about myself is I've never changed. Absolutely. You've never had to accommodate that part of yourself. And there's not a part of me that accommodates people when it comes to feminism. Not my father, not my mother, not my sisters. No one... Can ever take feminism away from me. That's at my core. When I date men, my intro line I'm a feminist. If you gotta read a book to know what that means, whatever that book says about intersectional feminism, that's what I believe. You could literally bring that book to me in an argument and hold me to my own core values and morals because there's not a person who can ever turn me against wanting equality for everyone. Because equality has given me everything. And that is why I speak about it. And that's why when I met you that day on the bus, it made absolutely no sense to me why you're not a feminist and why. And it actually didn't make any sense to me why every person in that school I asked if they were a feminist, everyone said no. None of this made sense. I was coming from a school of the arts where everyone was feminist or LGBTQ. Everyone had like a political standpoint. Everyone had a point of view. Everyone had an opinion. Went to a school. No one has opinions. No, everyone's just upset about racism. Like racism that's all any of these people had anything to say no one was talking about capitalism no one was talking about gender equality no one's talking about sexism no one's talking about the violence in the home you know no one's talking about real shit absolutely absolutely i agree you know that was the that
1: was the only concern like i wasn't i didn't hear anybody you know have conversations I didn't hear anyone have conversations about feminism or we didn't hear these this was not our reality you Mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying and it's kind of just like this is another thing like these core these these social these social concepts were not in our environment like we weren't around people who was perpetuating these ideas you know and you can see how it kind of just differs depending on the area how people there are certain people who can have access to these things have access to this knowledge that other that other students in other schools Can't we were an underfunded, predominantly black Haitian? Then we can see how culture comes into play with this. Most of us are Christian most of us have a christian-based faith somewhere whether it be you know evangelist pentecostal or whatever you know you know these religious ideologies kind of all play into one you know so we kind of all understood these concepts of like women and how they're supposed to be in society that was all kind of unanimous among us you know and then there was nobody who was there kind of challenging the thought that everyone was having collectively
0: you know yep Yep. would you really say that school was mostly haitian and black or would you include that massive latinx community (laughs) yeah
1: yeah haitian black latinx minority groups that Mm. made up the school
0: yeah,
1: I think... And we all... And it's all the same thing. Culture, yeah. religious faith, faith. Because, you yeah. know, Spanish people, they go to church too. You know, they have their religions as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a collective thought of mm-hmm. not thinking about these social constructs among us. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And wanna, there was a lot of normality in conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to, like point out really quickly though um, like the Latin X community at our school wasn't um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even put them up as I don't know I think it was a majority Latin community and I think that's important to say to just really explain a lot of the dynamics at that school granted there was a lot of black women um, and there were a lot of like black men I don't think that or at least in my experience, um, the rest of the black community at that school were hands in hands with me. Um, they were they weren't hands in hands. Mm-hmm. with me. They weren't hands in hands with me um, in my personality, my ideology or anything like that. And a lot of them weren't people who even understood the concept of gendered oppression, you know? And I had talked to a lot of people at the school, Spanish, black, white, everybody, every person that let me speak to them for more than five minutes, they got the question, the, are you a feminist or not? And it's like, no one, no one, no one even understood why I was a feminist. You know, I had people say, I believe everyone's equal, They really said that to me, you know, and it's like you don't even see like the white supremacy in what you're saying right now about how we're all equal. Like we're all sitting here pretending to be equal, you know, and a lot of the times like I got a very like I was in auto body. That was not easy. Like going to school with those like men every day, all day long, you know, I'm not working in that field now. But the thing is, like, I chose not to go into that field for a reason, you know, the hard like the time that those men gave me in that class, like black men, Spanish men, they all were on my ass. And at that point is when my identity as a black woman was sealed. You know, I used to for a little bit of time dabbled in divestment, you know, and that's. Uh, that's like an entire movement that we're probably gonna have to like do an episode about. Just speaking about why those women make that choice to separate themselves from the rest of the black community. Um, but for me, when I was in that class and all those Spanish men were giving me a hard time, a lot, of, all those black men were also right next to them giving me a hard time. And the thing is, like that makes it so hard for me is like, I'd have to learn how to forgive those men, right? I'd have to forgive them for their mistakes, and kind of just have empathy, right? Empathy in the sense, oh, I get why, like, as a black man, you kind of have to, like, throw me out there to the wolves to die, right? But the reality is, is like, I don't, Get that because I didn't have to do that for you and matter of fact I've never done that you know I've never done that for anyone in the LGBTQ any transgender person no one have I ever said to myself let me throw them out there to die you know or to kind of suffer without my help, I defend anybody. And that's because I felt oppression. So why is it that these men can't understand our oppression? Why can't they attempt to have a piece of empathy that those white people weren't able to have for us? You know? Okay, Rach, I know probably what, somewhat six years ago, i met you on a bus and started babbling on about some feminism just like everyone else in that school they got they got their opportunity to be here on this podcast right now but you're the one so tell yeah. tell let people know <laughs> oh, shit let people know <laughs> oh, shit i okay so
1: man man time fucking flies bro that's crazy but um yeah so i'm i met raquel on the bus one day I we kind of just like introduced ourselves to each other and at that point before then there was nothing in my brain essentially just about how I perceive the world around me because I grew up indoctrinated in a cultish religion And my entire reality was set for me then in that environment, growing up and learning, you know, learning the principles of Christianity because it was a Christian faith, you know, and basically it was from there. It was explained to us what our role was as women, which was to be beneath the men, We are beneath them in every aspect, in every sense, essentially. Um, It was the goal, the aspiration that I was to grow up, become baptized in this faith, and then you eventually get married In the faith with someone else who is um, in the same religion and have children and essentially that would be the um, the end of my use if in anything beyond that I would have to then submit my life to God um, in order to be useful right Mm -hmm. so that was my reality this was how I perceived you know myself as a woman Mm -hmm. this is how my mom kind of Set out these examples of what it means to be an ideal wife, you know, and essentially at birth, they're training us to become that, you know. So, this was just my mind frame, this was kind of how I looked at things like relationships and dating and what have you, right? So, that was that, and then I met Raquel and essentially just her presence and how strongly she feels about everything that she would talk about the passion like Anytime we would have a conversation or a debate on the bus, no doubt about it, no question. Raquel is extremely passionate about what she is saying. She is giving her words life, you know, and it was then on, you know, she kind of planted the seed for me. She was my entryway into a new way of perceiving the world around me. Mm -hmm. You know, she was she was the cultivator for me in terms of that, because she just allowed me to see my world differently, you know, and that was kind of like the objective, you know. Mm -hmm. So from then on, I just started to realize some things about you know, my present reality at the time and then past my past reality and the experiences. And I'm realizing just patterns and trends Mm -hmm. and these commonalities. And I'm just a lot more observant now in terms of the social dynamics that I'm faced with on a day-to-day basis, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was then on like my curiosity led me to new knowledge, newfound knowledge about, Feminism, you know, and give and it gave me an opportunity to know more about who I am, because Mm -hmm. I then started to really centralize myself as an individual, something that. I was never in an environment to do because there's so much unity in cults. We're taught that we all have to essentially act the same and be the same, talk the same, you know, and have these same social mannerisms, you know. So it's like I was never I was never introduced to an opportunity to view myself as an individual. It was then that I was able to do so, you know, and it was then I was able to not tie my virginity to my worth, Mm. which was an extremely big thing. A thing that I was taught to do Mm -hmm. by my father. He told me, you know. If you lose your virginity before marriage, you're essentially not going to be worth anything Mm. because no one is going to want to marry a woman who has already given herself to another man, you know, and that just petrified me Mm. from the entire idea of sexuality, you know, and really, truly being able to connect with that aspect of myself and um yeah it was a lot and it's like I just started to realize you know why my mother is the way that she is because a lot of it has to do with the oppression from my father essentially Mm. you know and her reality Mm. and where she grew up and how she grew up and what what the idea of what a role is Just where she grew up in the time that she grew up and what being a woman meant at that time and what she was taught what a woman meant, Mm -hmm. you know. Kind of directed her and ushered her into okay. the decisions that she made you know it wasn't more so marrying for love it was marrying so that you could be stable <laughs> so that you could have a man that will be able to provide for you and your family and your children so yeah it was all of that that I then began to realize as these seeds begin to sprout, Mm -hmm. you know, into its own.
0: Um, I kind of want to just input, like, just showing and highlighting, like, feminism, like, as it is its journey for you. Because it started from me just planting that seed, right? And then it kind of just blossomed into you just, like, like developing those skills over the years of just being able to just center yourself in your life, you know? And I've watched as like like that battle of just being selfish sometimes or just not having to think about them or how your actions may impact them. You know? Think about Rachel. Think about how your actions not only impact Rachel But think about how it feeds your soul to choose you, you know, and that's so important. And I say it's so important, not just like in the realm of feminism, but in the realm of going through life, because men, men know how to put themselves first like nobody's business. You know, men, I don't even want to say stuff like this on the podcast, but it's how I feel. And eventually it's probably going to change. But men kind of just use women so often in society, kind of as like a vehicle to get them to where they need to be, you know? And then they get out of that vehicle once they've taken all that they can, you know? Once they've exhausted all that they can out of a relationship, out of a woman, they go and they get a new car. And it's crazy. And what I learned recently, it was that lack of empathy. But that's a conversation I would like to just make a whole episode about. And this is just one of the many things we're here to talk about. We're not going to sit around like just having pointless conversations, especially not on these kind of episodes, you know, we're going to actually deconstruct, you know, and I appreciate (laughs) you sharing your experience because your journey is what kind of just showed me why feminism is so important, you know. Granted, I had my mother or I had whatever that small seed inside of me that taught me feminism is what I need. Feminism is what I want. You know, there's so many other women who don't have that seed. So many other women who don't have that like thought of like, let me just pick me for, you know, and that's the only thing I think really needs to be required. Um, Of a lot of people to just be their first step to being a feminist is just learning like, hey, maybe you don't need to put that man first. Right. Maybe you don't need to put patriarchal ideologies first. You know, maybe we don't need to strive for marriage. Maybe we don't need to strive to have children. Maybe we just need to strive for happiness. Mm hmm. Maybe we just need to strive to feel whole in ourselves. And maybe that's all that we need in society is everyone just feeling happy, everyone pouring into themselves so they don't have to take from other people. Mm -hmm. Other people just choosing to be happy. That's all it takes. So like, Rich, how would you say, like, I don't know how feminism has affected the trajectory of your life. Like, I would assume You know since it's taken you away from this since cultish religion Mm -hmm. um it's probably had a grand effect on your life and how you probably see the world oh yeah most definitely for sure well
1: one thing that i could say um the trajectory has changed is that i no longer have to become a wife to a man just for the sake of becoming a wife because that's what I have to do in order for me to be relevant and worthy. Yeah. Um, I don't have to do that shit. You know what I mean? I don't have to have. I don't have to have a child mm-hmm. to defend my womanness. Yeah. You know, because my womanness is no longer connected to my womb. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the only way I can connect to my womanness. Yeah. That is not the only channel to my womanness. So, mm-hmm. um, that's one thing. You know, and it's just helped me to. Completely centralize myself in my life and just individualize myself and disconnect from all of these labels that were put on me mm-hmm. from birth, you know, and all of these expectations that were put on me from birth. And the fact of the matter is, I didn't have a say in any of that. I didn't have a say. I didn't, no one is asking me to do these things. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So, yeah. So now it's just I'm able to really be able to live my life by design, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't have to live it in a way that meets anybody else's expectations, but my Mm -hmm. own, Mm -hmm. Um, which is extremely important for me. Yeah. Extremely, extremely important for me. So, Mm -hmm. and that, and I can only thank feminism for all of that, for helping me get to this point of my life where I've disconnected from so many things that depreciated me as a woman.
0: Things that were only created to depreciate. By the way. Yeah. 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 Up and down the TikTok hallways, the clubhouse hallways, men are saying things. We knew, but we couldn't confirm, you know. They're yelling in our faces, telling us, like, having a child brings down our value. Yeah. Like, then why would I want to have a child? This isn't for me. This is for you, my friend. Because from what, or at least what a lot of women are saying, from a lot of experiences I've heard, it seems like taking care of a kid isn't the greatest time. It's not the fun thing to do, you know? And a lot of people that I'm hearing are saying they push the kid out and they're stuck to take care of that child by themselves, Yeah, you know? And this is the reality. This is like, there's no data to quantify any of these experiences. Yeah. No one's like, matter of fact, no one's even saying it, bro. I've only heard so many women talk about this and they're almost all feminists talking about how motherhood isn't necessarily what it's chopped up to be. You know, the truth. Yeah. You can tell by the way that they want everyone to have babies. They're not really thinking about like, oh, customarily, is this good for her? Is this for Rachel? Is this something she would enjoy? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's that's what feminism gave me. And that's why I love doing this podcast with you, because feminism Taught me to have my choice back. Yeah. And then I remember in my last relationship, once we broke up, I was now able to make all of these choices for myself Mm -hmm. and for myself alone because Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship from I was like 17. You know, I didn't really get much opportunity to kind of like have an individualized, educated opinion on this stuff. And when I say educated, I don't mean a formal education. I mean, like just a life Mm -hmm. education. You know, I didn't get to look at like what it would be like to have kids with this person or, you know, I didn't like I'm didn't have the tools to decide or quantify whether or not a man would make a good husband Mm -hmm. and i swear if it's the last thing i do on this podcast i'm going to talk to every one of these women and let them know what you need to look for in a husband if you do choose to get one You need to make sure you're getting that man for yourself. You know, you need to make sure like not that you're centralized in his life, but the reason you choose to marry him is centralized to you. You know, it's focused on what he can do for you, not what you can do for him, Mm -hmm. because that's what they're going to try to convince you (laughs) your purpose is there for. Yeah. To prove to them what your value is, Mm -hmm. honey. They're all single. You are the value. Absolutely. The patriarchy has convinced these men that the only thing worth having are women. You know, not happiness, not peace, you know, not resting in your true sexuality. You know, all you need to be happy is a woman. And that's what the patriarchy has convinced them. And thankfully, we are unlearning the patriarchy over here because that doesn't serve us. Men, they don't serve us until they've left the patriarchy. I need everyone to understand that. For me, feminism has completely changed the trajectory of my life, and it has multiple times Uh, I would say up until last week, I watched this TikTok about this woman, this African woman. She's explaining um, the purpose of like a woman and womanhood before pre-colonization. And granted, this has like spirituality in it and everything she says this one thing about black women and how and where we're descendants of and she just goes into speaking about how spiritual and how wise we are and for me I kind of had to like tie it back to sociology um, and just gender equality and how this can naturally form um, with no dynamics right no cap capitalism no sexism no racism and she says um that women are spiritual beings women are spiritual we're we're the spiritual healers the holders of the knowledge of the land you know and i think that's so true right and i think that specifically when i speak about black women. um and I say black women because I believe that we hold the most innate, natural, um, and inherent access to empathy. I think that as black women, we have lived and we have seen oppression and. I don't know, you know, as just black women, we have that experience, you know, that allows us to tap into other levels of not only our identity of what other people's identity could be when we have empathy for them, you know? And I think that right now, um, black women were probably the most oppressed people. Um, I don't want to include the LGBTQ community because I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't want to play oppression Olympics. I believe that the LGBTQ is very much more oppressed than black women. But I think when it comes to the race of the hats, we stand at the bottom, you know. And I think that we have that connection to cishetero people. And we also, you know, well, I don't really actually even believe that we've run the black household, but I think that as long as soon as we want to, we can. Right. And that's why I'm here to say is that. As black woman, I do kind of hold us to a higher standard of empathy and compassion. Um, I don't think we need to have it for everyone, but I do believe that we have the most access to empathy and compassion. And I think we need to start leading with it. Um, I have access to my experience. I have access to my grandmother's experience. I have access to my mother's experience. I hold myself and I hold, other black women to a higher standard because we've we've lived you know we felt oppression since we were kids you know we've gone to these schools where people are racist we've gone to schools that are all black where people are colorist and sexist you know the lgbtq black woman bro what they've done for feminism, what they've done for this world, you know? The more oppressed you are, the more access you have to empathy because you felt the most pain, Mm -hmm. you know? We have that. And that's why I created this platform because not only do I want to help all black women, I want to show them the freedom and liberation behind dismantling all of the systems just for the work, you know, for yourself. You don't have to do the work for everyone else. You can do it just for you. You know, I've done the work and I have so much more work to do. Oh, my gosh. This podcast has been delayed over a year because I just didn't feel prepared. Right. I didn't feel like I have something to contribute. I don't feel like I have something new that hasn't been said, you know, and It was like, what, a year ago, I was knee deep in Clubhouse. Hate Clubhouse. An echo chamber of just ideas and just people oppressing one another and fighting about their oppression. No, there's no empathy breeding on Clubhouse for anyone because I just got out of a room where someone's denying me of my rights so I can come here and deny you of yours because if I don't have mine how can you possibly get yours and I've been fighting for way longer than you have you know that is how everyone maneuvers on that app I can't do that because my empathy is who makes me who I am. And I lost all of it being on that app. I lost my empathy for black men. Matter of fact, I still might have lost that empathy. I don't know if that's coming back, what they have in the woodworks to bring empathy back from from black women for them. But it was gone. Matter of fact, I started losing empathy for everyone. You know, there was a moment where I kind of was just watching how everyone was canceling each other every day on that app and I was just like one first off I'm not gonna say anything I'm done I'm done speaking because I could get canceled at any point on this app you know and I don't want to be canceled because that's gonna that's gonna mess up a lot of how I see myself and how I view myself as a person and what I do but it's like on that app there was no empathy everyone's fighting everyone's you know arguing about whether or not anyone should have rights no one's actually listening right why is it people are talking about the things that you've experienced and the pain they've gone through and we're asking them to kind of in a sense quantify and measure it in a way that we can relate why do i have to have you relate to my issue for it to be a problem mm-hmm. you know yeah. So I had to get off. I had to do the work of just finding empathy again. I had to do the critical thinking. You know, and critically, it looks like we're all stuck in this suppression warp until we're done, until everyone just starts having empathy for each other, you know? Yeah. It's it's tough. So I'm here and I need this platform to tell My story. I need this platform so Rach can tell her story. I need this platform so I can invite people up here and have them tell an actual story. We need a platform for black women, you know. I need to breathe life in this platform to help myself grow, but also other black feminists for other black women to grow off of. We don't need to wait until a black woman is on the view or the real with our experiences. We just need a platform. That is about black women, you know, the next what 100 or so episodes, we'll be talking about only things that just eventually affect us. You know, there's no we're not going to stop and talk about something that has no relevance because we are black women and we know how important this space is, you know, and everything affects us, by the way, every single thing. This country is just running off of the social and spiritual power and energy that black women bring. Every time we talk about an issue, we breathe life into it. We are the ones bringing light to these things. And that's what kills me that we don't even have our own platform. We don't have a platform on Reddit where we can just talk about black feminism. There's platforms everywhere for white feminism Mm -hmm. and they don't uphold our voices until it's time for them to uphold our voices they don't reach out to us for anything until they need to prop up a story somewhere and that is true and I can't deny that you know uh, I don't know when it was but I had looked at Elon Musk recently and saw how much money he has and that really just showed me like If I can make a change in this world, I'm gonna need a lot of money. I'm going to need a lot of social power, a lot of political power. And that's why I started to even build this platform and starting like because I have just dreams and aspirations of it being more than just like what it is right now. Just a podcast or just a blog or anything, you know, I have dreams of getting this platform to be something that can actually genuinely help black women. you know, and not just everyone because that's the truth, right, is while I want everyone to get help and while I would like everyone to have kind of the potential to build their own platform, on this platform, I need to focus on helping Black women and um, Black LGBTQ people, you know? I need to focus on doing what I can. Right now, Black women, we don't we don't have people to fall back on us, right? What does Black women need is we need scholarships to pay for our college. You know, we don't have a dad who bought a beach house in the 60s for like $50,000. And it's finally been reappraised at $26 million. You know, we don't have that generation wealth, you know, and, and go to say like back in the 60s, right before. Black people in this country even had the right to get a mortgage. You know, this is like the systemic racism that trickles down and just takes away from more of like the privilege or whatever accumulated wealth black women should be inheriting now. We're not inheriting that, you know, we're not at all. We're, we get to see black men go into sports and make these millions of dollars a year, whereas a lot of like black woman in and the wnba are just being paid fifty thousand dollars bro like fifty thousand dollars uh uh listen i had to build this platform i had to do whatever i could because come or or high water my daughters will not be living in the world that we live in now Like, I will build a better world if I have to, brick by brick. (sighs) A change is going to come, an actual one. And I knew that when I realized black women are not oppressed enough. If you can get up on a Jubilee video and deny a trans person rights after saying how exclusionary feminism is, we got some work to do. That was so embarrassing and I've seen it my whole life. And now I'm ready to start speaking to other black women about feminism, I'm ready to start speaking to other black women about how we can help other black women. I'm speaking to other black women about what we can do to just center ourselves because no one else is. And we don't have that $26 million mansion that's coming across the street to, you know, that's gonna get sold, right? And create this imaginary cushion for us. We have to create that ourselves we have to invest in ourselves the beauty supply store dude the beauty supply store you know that's like man that's not supposed to be black woman like we shouldn't be buying from a beauty supply store that's owned by a white man you know who's got two black women working there and he only has black women working there to give up the illusion that this is like a black space. You know, this, this beauty supply store where you only sell products to black women, it's not owned by a black woman and you have two black women there probably doing stock and inventory for you, your job as a manager, right? They're probably doing that for $10 an hour, whereas you... Behind the register, checking people out, you have them doing your manager duties, right? You have them working and doing the things you're supposed to do because you know that they don't have the social power to quit this job and just easily go find another job, you know, because, you know, you can take advantage of them. This, this shit should not be happening underneath our eyes, but it is and it's happening because we don't have a platform to even talk about it. Not on Reddit, not on Anywhere? Why is it I've been able to find or have a tag that's called the Black Feminist? Like that's that was the most invigorating thing about being able to make this podcast and this blog is that that name wasn't taken on any other platform. Every platform I was able to go in and get that because Black Feminism one isn't marketable to the Black community, to Black women, no because it doesn't center black men. Um, Feminism, or black women at all, we're not considered enough to make safe spaces for each other. But this is that that safe space in every platform that you see the black feminist tag on, that is that safe space that is curated for black women and black women only. And that is how feminism has changed the trajectory of my life. Before I was living my life for myself, but now everything in my life, I'm ready to put it on, kind of just like for everyone to see for everyone to live and experience these experiences with me and i say that because i'm gonna make a lot of mistakes on this podcast i'm gonna make a lot of mistakes in life i'm only 23 you know and the very fact that i'm 23 and i'm creating this platform whereas any other of the many thousands of black women that came before me and never thought to create this kind of a platform and start speaking about some Black woman-only issues with such an easily accessible name as the Black Feminist because it's like, all these code names, I'm never going to find your podcast. I'm never going to find your website. I'm never going to find your platform. But every time a Black woman searches Black feminism and she's going to come here and we're going to talk to her and we're going to show her that not only are we all human beings and we all make mistakes and she is like grant like you are allowed to make mistakes as a black woman make them make a million mistakes everyone else gets to make them we can't make them come on this platform make your mistakes it's fine your mistakes don't make you as a person how hard you try to come back from those mistakes they define your entire self they define the trajectory of your life this platform me I'm now offering myself up to society. They're gonna pick me apart, but I want them to pick me apart in front of black women so that they can live from my experiences, so that they can see the mistakes I make, they can see how harshly criticized I am in the media, and they can understand that all is lacking is empathy because everyone else can have empathy for people they identify with. White people can have empathy for other white people. White people can have empathy for their children. They can't have empathy for someone um, who's just been shot by a white cop though, because they can only have empathy for that white person. Men, they can't have empathy for women. Empathy isn't in what they watch. It's not in the shows that they watch that don't centralize romance. Men don't have empathy for women. There's no space for men who don't have empathy in my movement. But I do believe that they still struggle. And I do believe that we suffer at the hands of their struggle. And they need to fix that. And I really do welcome them to start a man feminist podcast or a men's rights podcast and discuss that. And leave women out of it. Discuss the issues that are going on in your, like, your male community. Discuss those leave women out of it
1: wow that was a great conversation Raquel
0: yeah Reach. one of many to come
1: well that is it for today's episode if you made it to the end thank you so much for tuning in and we hope you tune in next time subscribe to our podcast for the next episode to come next week and follow us on Instagram on The Black Feminists.
0: Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.